You guys have probably heard a lot about the Employee Retention Tax Credit, or the ERTC. It was introduced as part of the CARES Act to provide some financial relief to restaurants and other businesses that have been impacted by the pandemic. On today's episode, I'm joined by Adam Weiss. He is a restaurateur who has experience with this, but he's also an experienced finance guy. You can look him up. LinkedIn in the LinkedIn bio. Tremendous background there. And he's also the founder of the Merkle Tree. And he's going to share his expertise on what it takes to qualify for this and why you need to be going after it. So check it out. A lot of information on how to get involved is in the show notes. You can link through to his website. But this is a super insightful show that you guys need to be paying attention to. I know there's a lot of spammy groups reaching out to you, but this is an episode based on the facts of how this works. Check it out. Adam Weiss, Honeybee, and the Merkle Tree, one of our own, explaining to us exactly how this works. Order up. Look, I'm a big believer that experience teaches. My goal with this show is to have guests to share their experience so that they can tell you what it's like, what they did right and what they did wrong. And I'm going to share the same. Look, I'm not trying to regurgitate stuff you can find on the internet. I'm going to tell you how it really is and what it's really like to own your own place. This is the National Restaurant Owners Podcast with your host, Kyle and Sarah. This episode of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast is brought to you by Plate IQ your accounts payable automation and expense management solution. As a restaurant owner, you know how important it is to stay on top of your bills. Plate IQ works with over 20,000 restaurants across the country, helping them manage and automate the full life cycle of the invoice process. Everything from general ledger coding up to and including bill payment. Plate IQ uses OCR. What's OCR, Kyle? I'm gonna tell you. It's optical character recognition and deep machine learning to help eliminate manual data entry from the accounts payable process. With Plate IQ's vendor pay, you can seamlessly flow from invoice upload to paying your bills. That means you don't have to type it in. You scan it in and it does the rest of the work for you. How about that? Does that save you some time, some headaches? With Plate IQ's vendor pay, you can also see what is due and when. Schedule payments via check, ACH, or Plate IQ card. Plus, you can even earn cash back. Yes, cash back on your invoices from over 180,000 vendors. I didn't even know there were that many vendors. That's amazing. Lastly, vendor pay is also for vendors. Keeping your vendors happy will give you leverage in negotiating your terms. Vendors participating in Plate IQ's vendor pay love it because on average, they get paid 25% faster. To learn more, head over to plateiq.com, hit request demo in the top right hand corner and when you're done and you love it and you're ready to sign up mention that you heard all about plate iq on the national restaurant owners podcast from kyle and receive 25 percent off implementation all right we're live sir this is it you're fine how are you i'm how are you how about you we are surviving torrential rains here in Southern California, which is not something you can say that often. I know. I've heard, I just saw something. I saw a headline and it was like, update on the storm in Southern California. I don't think I've ever seen that before. No, it's usually fire, fires, earthquakes, or riots. You know, we're not used to storms. You know, we can use the water, but to be fair, it's a lot. We're You're seeing a lot. Yeah. No. 
No, so no, look, no. we you and I have um, we spoke a while back, right? And you were kind of just getting yep. things off the ground. What, what's yep. going on? What, what what have you been up to? Well, you know, we launched Honeybee, our plant based vegan concept um, burger concept, back in um, really t- late 2019. We did a capital campaign in the middle of the pandemic with some success, and then you know got our locations going up in LA. Uh, worked on a cloud location, New York location, um, and all the while, you know, dealing with all the vagaries of getting a brand launched in a city like L.A. So how are things going? I mean, you survived COVID, opened a location. Not a lot of people can say they did that. How's, uh, how's business? Business is crowded. So what we've managed to do with Honeybee is diversify away from the burger space and actually launched over the weekend a breakfast concept, still plant-based, because that movement's real, and it's killing it. 45% of our sales the first weekend with no advertising. So yeah, talk about that, because I saw, I just saw you post on LinkedIn. It's like a, like a vegan breakfast concept, but it's a, not a brick-and-mortar. Yeah. No, no. Uh, we're running it out of one of our brick-and-mortars, but oh. you know, our goal is to – we have the platform and the audience, so our goal is to develop all these plant-based concepts, whether it be pizza, breakfast, Smart. comfort diner, late night, and um, – we're so far, there's obviously, there's not a lot of competition in breakfast and we're just killing it. That's great. It's so funny because my, uh, a buddy of mine who does like some videography work with me, he's vegan and he's always talking about like, you know, it's gotten a lot better now, right? The options got a lot better now, but yeah. breakfast and late night are two things that he's like, you know, I'm eating like French fries and pasta because I can't find it. There's nothing for me to eat. He's like 24. He goes out with his boys and they can't, he can't eat with them. So that's yeah, a great so we idea. love the. We love the late night market. We have a, a concept called PBAF, plant-based as F, uh, <laughs> that we launched uh, a little while ago with an uh, influencer named Danny Thorne. Um, and that late night's a weird thing because late night I found is very, it's, it's based on your brand, also the, the neighborhood and the area. So even though we deliver throughout um, LA, uh, people ordering late night on the apps for vegan, we're still testing that. We know a few competitors in this space, but the morning thing is the thing, and that we really? realized. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So you you've just you just keep coming up with new things every every time I every time I see you. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, we've talked about this before. I have a twenty year you know career in in finance, and it's always mm. been around like what's new and different: hedge fund strategies, venture cap, private equity. I started investing in plant based technology and ag tech uh, several years ago. So my investors, my relationships, and my friends have always looked to me for like, what's new, what's different. Mm. So it's part of my DNA for sure. You're just constantly on the lookout. What, like, what do you, what do you, where do you find, like, how do you stay inspired or how do you stay in the know with this stuff? There's so much information out there. Cause I, some, I'm always looking for, I mean, that's how I connected with you looking for these cool emerging brands. How yeah. do you stay on top of this stuff? Well, I swim in it, so, so not literally, even though you could swim outside right now. Um, like, I go, like for example, in, in our world, in F&B, I go to all the food shows. I've been going to Expo West for 10 years. Mm. I go to Winter Fancy Food, which is coming up. Maybe I'll see you in Vegas. Um, and what do we do? We, we're sourcing. We're not looking for the big national brands. We're looking right. for those new entrepreneurs. Plus, I'm on all the crowdfunding websites. My LinkedIn brand is all about new discovery. And it's just constantly reading, looking, working watching yeah. social, I uh, learned a lot from my 13 year old kid. You know, it's, it's yeah. just being open-minded. It's a mindset really. That's real. The 13 year old kid thing is real. Like what are they sure. into? What are they looking at? Now my daughter's 15. I'm, and when she'll actually talk to me, I, I try to get some <laughs> advice from her. Otherwise I'm like yeah, peeking yeah. over her phone. Like what, what app is that? He's like, leave me alone. Yeah. But same. That's a great same. call. Yeah. Um, 
so what else? What else? What 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 is uh what what's going on in terms of um you know business development other than mm-hmm. the restaurant business? I, I know there's something. Yeah, there is. There is. Actually, we're pretty excited about it. So I've been a long time, you know, financial operator and consultant. So I've run right. hedge funds and other funds and so on. I've raised billions of dollars for different strategies across everything from entertainment and power and electricity to food and beverage and, and hedge funds. And like I said, I'm always not only looking for what's new and different and compelling, but where the opportunities are. And I talk to investors all the time. I do go to the hedge fund conferences, Milken and these kinds of things. And you're hearing from cutting edge people, like what problems are they trying to solve? What solutions are they seeking? And to give you an example, when crypto was blowing up in, in a good way in, in 2017, you know, uh, I went um, and I joined Coinbase and I was a consultant for them helping them build an asset management effort. Um, and this was during a, a tricky time in 2018. Uh, but nevertheless, like my clients were in relationships were saying, Adam, tell me about crypto. What's this about Bitcoin? So what do I do? I go directly to Coinbase. We make a deal. And um, that's great. We, we, yeah. So, so what we, so it's always something I'm swimming in. And what I'm working on now and the opportunity that I saw is something that if you and I had done this, you know, maybe in mid uh 2022 nobody would know about today we all do it's the ertc the erc the employee retention tax credit that's what i'm really focused on right now yeah you know and i was telling you before we came on here i was mentioning that because you and i obviously we'll we'll touch on it later but like there's so many restaurant owners who see it and they're getting emails from people about it and they think it's something they should tackle but it feels just like a little bit spammy but i know you're the guy to, to lay this out, which is why we're, we're, we're coming together on this. Can you just, yeah. I know you're not an accountant and you're not providing any like advice here, just to be clear folks, right? this is just a smart individual who recognize an opportunity. So can you lay it out for these guys so they finally can really get a clear idea of what this is all about? Sure. Absolutely. So I tell people all the time, when I started this effort, which was nine months ago, almost a year ago, um, if I made 10 calls, literally nine of them would be, I have no idea what you're talking about. And the 10th one would know, but have bad information. Mm. And then as time progressed, and indeed the regulations changed, awareness went up, but knowledge and misunderstanding, you know, we're, we're still, you know, weak on the knowledge and high on the misunderstanding. And why not? I mean, if you go to the IRS website, it's outdated. It actually says this page is outdated. Um, <laughs> they're not in the business of really marketing their programs, right? Right. So. Um, what I what I figured out with my consulting mindset was, hey, there's a, there's a program out here. It's not going to be around forever. There's tons of operators, friends, peers, and so on that could benefit from it. And they're either getting bad information, they assume they're not eligible, or they're unaware of it. And I thought, okay, here's an opportunity to add it to my consulting practice, reach out with my network and, and friends like you, and really, you know, it's a win-win. It's really us trying to create a really cool, stable fee business, but getting money back to operators and entrepreneurs, especially in this environment in which they need it, where if they wait too long, they won't get it. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. There's like a, yeah. Okay. So it's the employee retention tax credit. Yep. So yep. you tell me, I'm going to, I'm going to talk just because I know this is exactly what these guys are going to. So basically it means if I kept employees during a certain time period, the government's going to pay me some money, some, however, they're going to calculate that based on how many I kept during that time period. Um, 
sure. I mean, that's the the that's, high level, okay. and and that's, and I give that like. That's, now let's bring it down. <laughs> now yeah, let's a, bring it down. That's okay. a solid B. That's a solid B. So so you'll hear me say something in, in the infinite wisdom of the government, which is usually an oxymoron. They actually came up with this program to to reward businesses that did stay open during uh, parts of the pandemic. Because it was really friggin' hard. It was mm. hard to stay open, especially our friends in F and B, you know, food and beverage restaurants and so on. Really hard, and and it was partially made harder not just because of the the ravages of the pandemic, but really what the governments did, whether reacting defensively or protectively, however you want to say, heavy-handedly, on a state, local, and federal level to really kind of make it harder. And so mm. the government says, you know what? We're going to create this program, and it was originally part of the CARES Act and then the American Rescue Plan and was since amended the third time to say, look, if you kept your business open and you had people on payroll, man, we're going to let you take some of those federal payroll taxes back. And it's mm. not a loan. It's not a grant. It is pure math based on your payroll during affected periods, provided you meet certain criteria. And that's really where the nuance comes in. Interesting. So that's why there's probably some sharks in the water trying to take advantage of people who are who are looking. So it's best to come to somebody who's actually in the know. And, and obviously to hear from an operator like yourself and like, you know, me who talks to a lot of operators, hopefully we, we're adding some credence to this, guys. This is a real thing. It's an opportunity for you to put some money back in your pocket. So don't discount and just listen to what Adam is saying because he has all the details. And um, it, coming from an operator who's been in it and going through it, I think it, it will help resonate with you sure. guys. So if, sure. if you're an operator, um, what is the first step that you should be taking right now? Well, you know, first and foremost, you, you have to understand that there's misunderstandings about the program. For example, when the first rule came out as, as part of the CARES Act, um, had you taken a PPP loan mm. or had you not lost at least 50% of your revenue, you were ineligible. So anybody who took a PPP loan, you're out. And mm. so when the program first came out and all the accountants called their clients, they're like, sorry, man, you're out. Yeah. Literally not a day goes by or a meeting goes by where I don't hear from one client who says, my accountant said I'm not eligible. Why? Because the first set of rules basically eliminated anybody who had taken a PPP loan. Well, the American Rescue Plan and subsequent um, adjustments to the, to the rules and regs made it a separate set of circumstances. And that was, hey, if you took a PPP loan, you're okay. We have, to, we have to work on on the forgiveness and you have to compensate for it, but you're not ineligible. And likewise, and more importantly, even if you made money, even if you grew and were profitable, you can still be eligible for this program. Why, Kyle? Because ultimately it's not to compensate you for losing money. It's not to compensate you for being closed. It's to compensate you for fighting the good fight and keeping people on during a time that was bloody hard. And even though some businesses, even like Honeybee Thrived, it was not easy. Right. We had to deal with social distancing, limitations, shutdowns, and all, all the rest, as did our customers. We couldn't travel. We couldn't go to food shows right. and all those things. So it was hard. Yeah. Um, so so it, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. no so, my, so then basically that, that's not the case anymore. If you did get the PPP, Correct. not the case. So you, can, you're, you still would be considered for the so far. That's not holding yeah. you back. Okay. Right now, all right, go ahead. So, yeah. So, so, you know, my first, my first piece of advice to any operator is first of all, assume whatever you're hearing is probably wrong and mm -hmm. make sure you have a good source of knowledge. And I've dedicated 
a vast amount of time and hours developing that source of knowledge and specifically from the perspective of an operator, owner, investor in a food and beverage company or restaurant bar and so on. So really get that. Also understand that you might get different answers from different people. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've learned that uh, your in-house accountant who maybe has never done this before uh, might be more conservative, uh, might throw up his hands. Um, as, as Kyle is, is, we'll get into, um, we've done this 500 times, me and my team. Um, we've probably said no to another five or 800 that either didn't, weren't eligible or didn't qualify. So we've underwritten hundreds and hundreds of deals and done hundreds of restaurants. So we understand all the nuance. So you need that source of knowledge. And, yeah. and probably, and, and most importantly, I would say explore it. Like really make sure that you've, you've decided if you're going to go through and you should, that you can live with the answer, that you're getting it from a credible source. Uh, and we can talk about credible sources because like you said, there's a lot of spam out there for sure. Yeah. So that's a great place. So the credible sources are what, what would be a great place to, to, to begin getting some real information. I mean, you, you know what you did, right? You know what your business did, hopefully. You guys are by now have seen your books and you know what your payroll was and you have the information, you have your information. Now, now how do you start to determine if you're really qualified? Well, what we do, Kyle, what my group does is we do that initial call and it's 20 or 30 minutes. And by the way, we don't use a web form. We don't do surveys. We don't spam. You know, these are operators with whom we have a direct relationship Mm. or, or one of our friends does. And we take the time, one of our professionals, so we don't have, you know, call centers. We don't have stringers making 200 bucks a, a call. This is relationship stuff. And we really go through the business. And, and first and foremost, what I'll do, and it really usually takes 15 or 20 minutes and, mm. and just kind of articulate the rules. A lot of our friends do know the rules, but they don't know how they apply. And then we go through a quick list of, you know, were you open? Did you have payroll? Did you use a PEO? Um, and we, we have some of those generic questions. And by the end of a 20 or 30 minute call, we can decide, okay, this is a good case, we're confident, or we're not sure, we need to go deeper, or the ultimate, which, which happens sometimes is there's no case here. And I think that's as important because mm. nobody wants to spend time, effort, and energy in pursuing something that ultimately is a zero. Yeah, but you invest 15, 20 minutes could make a big difference, right? Yeah. Kyle, the, the biggest, and literally we do these calls now, um, you know, daily and certainly weekly where we'll hear from people who were told they were not eligible or were told, oh, we can get X, Y, and Z in all five quarters, and, and we'll have to dial them back, but that's mm. good. What we want to do is prevent people either from missing the opportunity, misunderstanding the opportunity, or going with one of these giant call center types who really are just trying to maximize their yeah. fee, maximize your credit, and by the time you, you get you get paid, they're they're long gone. And, and yeah. we're we're really trying to be a solution for that. Yeah. So guys, I'll just tell you when Adam mentioned this to me, you know, I was like, This is great because he's super smart, right? Knows he knows the space, he knows business, which you know, let's a lot of let's be honest, a lot of you guys forget that this is a business. And I was like, we have to be able to be advisors. I'm, I'm excited about this opportunity because we can advise. And right. the fact that it's not a call center, and it's not a forum, and it's not just somebody calling you up five times a day to try to get you to commit. This is something where his group is advising the whole way. So talk about that process a little bit more because I know that that's super important to, that, to get them to know, like, and trust and understand the process. 
I appreciate that. So on um, Friday last week, um, you know, it's everyone's starting a new year. People are starting to think about taxes and so on. I had a call with uh, a woman whose parents owned a handful of restaurants in Wisconsin. And they, they're older, and they had no idea about this program. They worked their butts off. Um, and the woman who called me, had heard, it was a direct relationship through one of our really good um, clients. And she said, help, help. I, I, yeah. We don't have the accounting resources. We're too small. I mean, to be fair, there's probably a total of 60 employees, which is not small, but it's not, mm. it's not right. institutional. And they would have 100% missed this opportunity uh, or potentially worse, been misadvised and either, either filed erroneously or, or missed it entirely. And so it was amazing to be able to help. And there are no dummies. I mean, these people are more successful restaurant operators than I am, and they've mm -hmm. been doing it forever. But that's their business. Their business right. is not tax credits or IRS <laughs> updates or regulations. Yeah. And so going back to the consulting and the advisory piece, I knew if I took a laser focus on this, I would be able to provide the highest and best value to the, to the potential client in the shortest amount of time with the best advice. And I think if we do that, and we've done it many times now, we can earn a, a professional fee that is, is fair, that's institutional, equitable, and, and most importantly, better than any other you know, player out there. Yeah, I mean, if you're somebody like that, they know what they know, right? I think this falls underneath that umbrella of like you run your business, but there are aspects that you need help with, mm -hmm. then you should seek a professional. And certainly that's the case. And yes, there was a fee involved, but look, this is a professional services. If you're being shown something that is going to bring you money, tax credit that you were unaware of, that's just the way the world works, guys. That's how that's why people exist in this space is to help you. So uh, don't get caught up on that. That has nothing to do with what you're owed right. in that whole process. So, um, all right, continue. I'm, I, I know I'm missing a thousand little things. You tell me yeah. where we got to go on this next. Okay. So, so it, it's almost invariable now that I make, when I make calls or get introductions now out of those 10, five or seven of them have heard about it and, and either think it's spammy or think it's a scam or, or being pitched some egregious fee. And I always tell them, look, do your, do your research. Mm -hmm. We've done it. And um, there's one of my favorite movies, um, I, and I posted this on LinkedIn. It's called Knock Around Guys. Do you know the movie? No, I don't. Okay. It's about the five kids who are the kids of made men in, 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 in the mob. Ah. And they're trying to make their bones, right? So they, they get on this thing, and they, to make a long story short, they show up in a small town. And they have to establish their presence and dominance immediately. So Vin Diesel, who's the character, finds the toughest guy in the bar and goes up to him. And the guy's six inches taller than Vin. And, you know, and Vin Diesel just looks at him and he says, 500. And the, guy, and the guy spits on his boots and he says, Vin Diesel says, I figure it takes 500 fights before you could legitimately consider yourself a tough guy. And now the guy's like backing off. He realizes, okay. And, that, and Vin Diesel takes his jacket off and sort of does the flex. And he goes, it takes 500 fights to develop that thick skin, to know, develop that instinct. And now the guy realizes, okay, I bit off more than I can yeah. do. My, my point is, anything you do 500 times, you're going to get very good at. You're going to see right. every iteration, every very, right. So what I did was, um, when I put my team together, I teamed up with uh, a back office accounting group. 
who had done hundreds of these transactions. They were the knowledge base. They, they've done all the compliance, underwriting, and all that. And so we formed our team together. So as a result, we've now done you know, over 500 of these underwritings, if you will, or filings. So we've seen every state, every nuance, every claim, every case, and that's what you want. It's like when you go to a doctor, you can go to that young guy who's got mm-hmm. all the new tech, or you go to the old guy who's seen it all. I, yeah. I'm biased, right? I go to the old guy. Yeah. But, but my point is, in this world, you want to go to somebody who's had 500 street fights. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. No, totally. Yeah. And also, it's like there's that thing of you're you're focusing on this. You know, I always talk about on the show people who don't have restaurants who don't have a, a bookkeeper or an accountant who's very knowledgeable deep in the restaurant space. It can hurt you. And this is that thing. It's sort of like if my shoulder hurts, I want to go see an orthopedist eventually. I don't want to go to my general bookkeeper accountant down the street who probably read one article on this six months ago and now just yeah. is discounting because that's not the world he lives in. You're, you're neck yep. deep in it, so it makes a big difference. Yeah, so we're, we're um, in front of a nice company right now. I, I can't say the name, but they're represented by Deloitte, you know, one of the big accounting firms. And the Deloitte guys are uber conservative, and, and they're like saying, no, no, no. This is not, not a program that works for us. Mm. The CFO of the company says, Adam, look, Deloitte gets paid to say no. They're a big audit firm. Mm. I, I want to see what the opportunity is. And we're going to win that one, not because the CFO is more aggressive, but Deloitte is an institutional you know, platform that everything has to go through seven layers of approvals and then it gets circulated. You know, the account, the, the guy who works inside the company, he's more entrepreneurial. He's like, I know what's best for my shareholders. Right. And, and, and as a result, he's motivated differently. We're yeah. finding that's more and more the case where it's either the big accounting firm that's super conservative and doesn't want to open a whole new chapter in their offering right. or the super small guy who goes, he's super defensive. He doesn't want somebody else to win. So he advises against. And, and those yeah. are typically the, the things we bump against. Nice. All right. So is there a case where, you know, obviously the bigger group should obviously be where, you know, you guys are 50, 60, 80, 100, 200 employees. This needs to happen today. We'll provide that information in the show notes and everything. Um, But uh, too small. I mean, is there something that's going to eliminate somebody? I mean, how, you know, you don't want to waste anybody's time here, but is it something that is it limited by size? Well, it, it, not, not statutorily. Um, so the way it works, and it, it does bring up a good point. So, so the way we and others get paid is on a success fee basis. Right. And that is we get nothing up front and there's no guarantee. We only get paid as if and when the client does. So we're totally aligned. Mm-hmm. And we only get a percentage of that. And it's all articulated up front and documented up front. That percentage varies. Um, it depends on the institution. It depends the condition of the books and records and, and, and so on. Likewise... I would say that um, the smaller companies typically, uh, let's say eight to 12 employees, they, they tend to be easier, more nimble, yep. and their claim size is smaller. Smaller claims get processed faster and you get paid faster. That's, mm. that, that's our experience. Right. And again, we've done this hundreds of times. They're not as lucrative. So if you can imagine, uh, just figure a 10 person company, and let's say they're going to get the maximum credit of $26,000 per employee. So that, that is $260,000. Real money, by the way. Um, $260,000, you know, if, if we charge uh, a success fee of 10%, that's $26,000. Okay, that's great. Um, 
we, we don't typically charge as little as 10, but the competition like ERC Buddy and Innovation is at 22%. Um, and and they're, they're running you through uh, some random person you'll never know on the, right. but my, my point is, is it too small? Well, it may be too small for, for them, for that, for that company with only 10 employees, they may not have accounting resources like us. Right. Um, on the other hand, we're, we're trying to limit our bandwidth, Kyle. We want to focus on relationships. We're not yep. splashing ads everywhere and so on. As a result, we have to be hyper-selective and we have a mm -hmm. big team. So we have to pick cases that are, are good, where we, the operator has a good case and we can make it work. So I would say eight to 10 is pretty much as small as we want to go. I think the sweet spot is 30 to 50. Mm. Um, we certainly have much bigger ones, but 30 to 50, that claim is still within the reasonable size that you're going to get paid you know, in three to six months instead of six to 12 months. So right. it, it's all relative. Of course, we have a variety of clients. So I just want to touch on that because that's a big number for a lot of restaurant groups, even in the 30 to 50 employee range, $26,000 per employee is the max. Correct. Correct. Okay, not, not guaranteed um, 26,000, but that's, it can go up know. to 26,000. Okay. Correct. Per employee. So the way, the way it works and that's the math 26 K is you'll see that in all the ads. Um, it's, and it's a, it's a weird rule. So in 2020, which was really when the pandemic hit, um, you're only eligible for 5,000 per employee for the whole year. That's it, which doesn't seem reasonable given how hard it was. Right. But, but in 2021, it gets more interesting. You're eligible for 7,000 per employee per quarter. Mm. And they give you Q1, two, and three. So 7,000 times three is 21,000 mm. plus the 5,000 for, for 2020, you get a total of 26,000. That's the maximum claim. Now in our experience, we've seen very few that can get the full 26K. Mm. And I say this fully knowing that all the big guys out there from innovation funds, uh, it doesn't matter the name, right. you've seen the commercials, yeah. they're gonna push for that 26. I mean, right, that, they're incentivized, they get a percent, they want max mm. claim. We don't, don't do it. We don't play audit lotto. We're not going to push our clients beyond any point that we're comfortable with. This is a, we're all established professionals. Our back office team is an established firm. We provide audit support to the extent that we have to prove, you know, how we calculated the credit. So we really care. So as a result, we're probably, you know, looking at the more typical, you know, 19,000, which is 2020 and Q's one and two of 2021. In our restaurant business industry, Kyle, most of our clients, especially if they're in blue states, are going to be eligible for all three of those those payments. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of money. I mean, that is some serious, I mean, that could fuel your expansion, that can do some remodeling, that could update your kitchen equipment, it could, yep. you know, whatever. I mean, that, that's some real money that you don't have to pay back again, to be clear. And Correct. I want you guys to, to also, I just want to keep reiterating this. Just like with sponsors of this show, I would never recommend something that I do not personally feel would be a huge asset to you. So uh, Adam will be his, – his bio will be linked in the show notes. You can look him up. Certainly his team and, and everybody are not putting their reputation on the line here just to make a buck. So this is very important that you listen to what he's saying, and, and we can follow up at the end on, on how, to, how to move forward. So let's talk about that. So – the, the company that you have, what yep. we're going to link all the details in the show notes. Sure. And you mentioned the phone call. 
Uh, other than that, do they should they come prepared with that to that meeting, or what? What what are they? What's your expectation from them in that meeting? Well, generally, we'll send a, a calendar invite out that asks a handful of questions, gotcha. okay. and, and most importantly, if you weren't if you weren't in business in 2020 um, or, or 2021, and you were new, it's a different. You know, there's a lot of little traps that we want to run just so nobody wastes their time. Um, so it's a handful of things. It's, it probably you know takes 30 seconds when you're setting up our calendar invite. And, and then it's just have an understanding of, uh, did you take a PPP? Was it forgiven? Um, yeah. Did you use a PEO? Um, did, you, did you have people on during this quarter? And then we'll ask subjectively, like, do you think you were impacted? Because Kyle, the rule is written and, and was amended to include the obvious, which is revenue decrease, but also a set of facts and circumstances that may have materially impacted you due to a federal regulation. Mm. And those things fall into line whether or if you lost money. And so you want to have an understanding of your business. For example, I have an optometry uh, clinic. He, he owns a bunch of optometry clinics. And um, his centers were located in malls. Well, the malls were shut down due to local orders. So even though his business compensated elsewhere, he was impacted. We understand the nuance of a multi-unit operator. He's going to win. So you do want to have an understanding of, and, and operators do, of do they feel that the state, local, or federal regs impacted their business? And then we can talk hmm. about the nuance on, on the call. But that's it. That's great. So yeah. it is, um, it's a must, I would say, to get on, to get on the phone and, and figure out because – yeah. At this time, when things are still a little bit sketchy, high food costs, high labor, uh, rents, you know, people yeah. are dealing with all, all yeah. sorts of stuff. Seasonality right now after the holidays, everyone's looking at their bank statements not going out as much, at least here in the Northeast, that always seems to be the case. Um, mm -hmm. So you, I think you, it's safe to say that operators owe this to themselves to, to take a look at it. And, and Kyle, I, I want to point out, you'll see these ads, get it while the funds last or get it before it's too late. It is not a funded liability. It's not PPP. The, the, the schlocky spam advertisers out there trying to scare you into thinking it's PPP round three, where if you don't get it, you're, you're out. It is not that. Mm. However, there is a time window. And the time window essentially is three years from the end of the tax year. So for 2020, if you wait until April 16th of 2024, you will miss the window. Again, April 16th mm. of 2024. So you still have some time. We don't recommend waiting because we think there could be shenanigans. Yeah, why wait? And for 2023, it's another year. Once those dates are passed, you're done. It's over. And there will be no excuses or, or tears from the IRS. So, yeah, right. so you don't want to miss it. I do believe, whether with the new Republican Congress, I don't think they're going to mess with this, this program. Remember, it's not an entitlement, so there's no liability line on it. It's just a refund of federal payroll taxes. Mm. So I don't think it'll be political. But what I do believe, and whether the 87,000 IRS agents get hired or don't, I don't know. <laughs> but what I do believe is there will be an absolute rush to the window the, the, as we get closer to the deadlines. The IRS will be wildly overwhelmed. And what might have taken three, six, or nine months could take years. So, mm. so we recommend, especially when knowledge and, and industry presence is low is to strike now before the yeah. IRS starts putting up gates. Yeah. Smart. Um, all right. So we're going to link whatever we need to link in the show notes. You want to check out Adam's company. Everything's going to be there. 
what else do we need to leave these folks with other than to check out what's in the in the show notes or, or to, to yeah. contact the team? Well, I think it's most important, Kyle, and, and I, I know we left this for last, but as part of my philosophy of building this business, um, I only I, w- I want to focus on industries and, and, and sectors that I understand deeply or profoundly. Mm-hmm. And in, in restaurant, food and beverage, CPG, I'm, I'm an expert, but it's too big a market. So one of my inclinations was how do I team up? How do I find somebody who is deeply knowledgeable, well-respected and super credible in the restaurant F&B space? And I think it's fair to say, um, Kyle, that I reached out to you specifically knowing you as I do, knowing your level of expertise, credibility, and institutional uh, reputation. And so um, I'm hoping that as we go forward, um, you and I will be able to collaborate, team up, and have you be part of this effort. Because I can't think of somebody more credible to talk to operators, you know, with the same heart as you. Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, I, you know, I, I always think that when we first spoke about it, this always falls under the umbrella to me. I have a soft spot for the independent operator, even independent, I say, three, you know, three to 10 units even who, you know, maybe just might be missing things. You know, you're just missing that little piece of information that could really help you because you're so head down in your business or you just know what you know and you let the accountant takes care of it and that window could pass and he or she doesn't say anything to you. Uh, that's what this show exists for. That's what these relationships exist for. So I'm super grateful that you reached out to me. Right I consider it like a real, like almost like a duty to present this. You know, they can do whatever they want. Same. Yep. F you, Kyle. Don't, I don't care. I'm not dealing with it. Got it. But if I feel like we could put it out there, then all the better. Right. Appreciate that. Agreed. So Adam and I will be available to talk to you guys about this. If you just have some questions, please hit up me and I'll refer you know, looping Adam as necessary, but obviously um, he's the expert. He knows a lot more of the details. And um, again, it'll be all linked in the show notes. You guys can click down there and we are going to have uh, ourselves an opportunity to help a whole bunch of restaurant owners. I hope. Absolutely. Kyle. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for the time, Adam. And uh, yeah, let's do this. That's it for another episode of the national restaurant owners podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope you learned something new. Don't forget to follow us over on social media to stay up to date on all the latest episodes and all the show updates. You can find us on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. That's right. We're on TikTok now. Just search for the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. And, of course, if you liked what you heard today, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Your support helps us reach more listeners and kind of just keeps the show going. And that's what it's all about. We want to reach more restaurant owners, more restaurant owners who are in need of help, who are maybe just one piece of information away from saving their business or taking their business to the next level. So that's what it's all about. And uh, that's it for this week. So thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. See you guys next week.